is Glenn Washington, the host of Spooked, a Luminary original podcast. Luminary always believes in amplifying black voices. And this month, they've curated a selection of their favorite episodes to share with you. If you like how this episode sounds, you can listen to more by going to luminary.link slash black voices. That's luminary.link slash black voices. From Luminary Media in New York City. You are listening to Poetics. This is your host, Omari Hardwick. Wyclef Jean is a Haitian-American rapper, musician, and producer. After a childhood spent in extreme poverty in Haiti, he immigrated to New York at the age of nine. In landing in Brooklyn, Marlboro Projects, uh, after like watching some of my cousins get killed, I was introduced to battle rap, like the idea of street jousting in a Shakespearean form where you didn't have to use firearms. At a young age, Jean excelled as a musician, showing an advanced ear for jazz and contemporary music with little formal training. I got discovered by a music teacher. Her name is Valerie Price. She saw me playing piano, and she was like, where, where did you learn these chords from? And I was like, uh, I could just hear them. He achieved fame in the mid-90s when he assembled arguably the most successful crossover group in the history of hip-hop, the Fugees, anchored by Jean, rapper Praz, and budding superstar Lauren Hill. Lauren, at a very young age, um, she was singing. Like, So if you look, you'll see her singing at the Apollo Theater, you know what I mean? Um, Lauren was not rhyming. Lauren was writing poetry. Lots of it. I was like, okay, this is what we're going to do. Wyclef has gone on to sell over 100 million records and win three Grammy Awards in addition to numerous philanthropic endeavors, which include a campaign for president of his native Haiti. When I see my country Haiti go under the rubble, I felt like somebody ripped my heart out of my stomach. That little bit of humor gave me the energy to say, I'm going to go run and become the president of my country because I can't see this happening. Wyclef joins actor, activist, and poet Omari Hardwick to discuss his storied career and political life and why he chose to return to music after almost a decade away with the release of his mixtape, Wyclef Goes Back to School. And now, an original poem by Wyclef Jean. Spoken word with my brother Otis Wyclef Jean. What if Martin Luther stayed in the room, never stepped foot in the balcony? What if they had a bulletproof car instead of a drop top for Kennedy? Malcolm X did the speech, oh, what if I sat amongst the congregation? So when them boys scream, get your hands on my pocket, I fire shots at the assassins. Oh, ain't nothing new under the sun. What if I had put blank in Marvin Gaye's father's gun? What if the world knew the truth before sending them kids to war? I told y'all them boys don't care about Iraq, they care about the oil. Now what if I could go back in time, oh, I'll erase 9-11, dip to the Bahamas and put Aaliyah's luggage in the 747. What's good, oh? <laughs> Yo, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls across this big old globe, OD Productions, Alex Dez. Elliot, Miles, and Omari, I am so humbled to be here 
episode one. Yeah. We are first welcoming none other than the legendary, the glory, <laughs> Clef John himself. He's got the belt. I kind of can't start it out or would be remiss if I didn't first and foremost ask mm -hmm. what spawned yeah. the pen with that poem that you let us in with. What spawned that, bro? You know, I was born in Haiti. And uh, I didn't get to America till I was like nine, ten years old. And at a very young age, I would say uh, my grandfather was a, a voodoo priest. My daddy was a preacher. My uncle was a mason. So at a very young age, I think um, when you're in a village, you escape poverty through imagination, you know. So for me, uh, the, the power of just words, uh, I've watched words just manifest into truth. So um, so I'm always careful what I say, how I say it. And um, in landing in Brooklyn, Marlboro Projects, um, which was one of the worst projects at the time, you know, uh, after like watching like some of my cousins get killed um, and me knuckling up, becoming a, you know, a crazy, crazy, <laughs> crazy Brooklyn kid mm -hmm. trying to figure it out. Um, I was introduced to battle rap, like the idea of street jousting in a Shakespearean form where you didn't have to use firearms. And I watched the breakers doing that and I watched the graffiti artists doing that. So then it's sort of like, um, so so poetry just became um, a form of comfort. And um, so that what I just spit really was just when I was sitting in high school, right? And then they're teaching me black history. And in my brain, I'm like, these are the parts that they're leaving out. And I'm just literally, you know, you're just jotting it down, you know? So that was just me sharing a piece of my mind with the world. Listeners who are finding out that there's way more music and, and verse and lyric and prose and experience in terms of people being attracted to whatever Omari is imparting as an actor, I say with no apology, and Clef knows this, that there would not be that same draw to me if I didn't have inside of me all of this poetry. Fact. So um, the irony is what Clef has taught me, and I've learned a lot from a Curtis 50 Cent Jackson. I've learned a lot from a Sean Corey Carter, a.k.a. Jay-Z. I've been very, very blessed to be around a lot of legends from a genre that raised me. And I was raised on blues and jazz, and I was raised on old school soul music and R&B and, and this construct that hip hop was this rebellion of them all. People like Clef came in and thought, nah, it's an amalgamation of all of those forms and formats musically that our parents and grandparents raised us on. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of music and what it did for you, what was the first song um, that you memorized? The song that we memorized is probably the song that we wish that we wrote or we could identify to. So probably one of the first songs I, I memorized was Exodus, Movement of Job People. So, so for me, like, Barb was one of those, like... You know, I was like, what does he mean, Exodus? You know what I mean? Because my daddy was a preacher and um, and uh, and I could relate to Bob because when we talk about like poetry, you know, he put it in such a simple form, but with like deep metaphors, but in such simplicity. Um, so that was probably one of my first records. Crazy. And when did you pick up the Let Cliff? When did, when did the guitar speak? I mean, it obviously always spoke to you, but 
being an ear that was so strong that you could play, you know, by ear, but really learning music. Like, when when did that happen? Man, what's funny is I think the guitar was the seventh instrument I picked up. So it started for me with trombone. So the C on the trombone is literally you you hold the, the trombone up. So your entire hand is within the one position. Mm. Both fists are together at mm. the top. Um, so that'd be like do. And the ray and the trombone, you completely pull your right hand out completely. You know what I mean? So um, so I got into horn instruments first, mm -hmm. um, naturally because of like, you know, like elementary school. And that was natural with the marching band. Uh, my dad was a minister. So everything he bought and brought to the church, me and my little brothers, we just try to figure it out. But I was just the one that was just very quick with figuring out instruments. By the time I was... 15, I think I was on like eight or nine different instruments. I got discovered by a music teacher. Her name is Valerie Price. And when I performed at Carnegie Hall, I bought her out. <laughs> she saw me playing piano. And she was like, where, where did you learn these chords from? And I was like, uh, I could just hear them. You know what I mean? And she was like, no, no, what do you see when you're playing these chords? And I'm like, yo, am I doing something wrong? And I was like, I see numbers, you know what I mean? And she's like, what do you see? I was like, I see one, three, five, sevens. And what's interesting about that is because sometimes when they say music and math goes together. Mm -hmm. So literally I was seeing numbers and was coding it before I understood what it was. So that's sort of like what made me dangerous because now when she took me and put me inside of jazz, and now my brain reversed. So it's it's almost like you've invented something and now you learn how you've invented it. Um, in high school, it was upright bass. So the I'm going to trip you out right now. So Trip me out, bro. Go with it. <laughs> if you go back to the video, Eric B and Rakim, yeah. don't sweat the technique. That's why Clef Jean on upright bass. What? <laughs> <laughs> I told you I was going to fuck you up right now. So it, it was a crazy story. So I was in the hood, and my man was like, yo, Eric B and Rakim is shooting a video. And I was like, yo, grab your drums. I'm grabbing my bass. We're getting on the train. Can you imagine, like, two kids, like, leaving Jersey, yeah. jumping on the train with one of them big upright big basses? Ass uprights, man. And, like, like, five or six drum pieces? We look so crazy, bro. And, and we get there, and what's crazy is, we don't know what no treatment is. We don't have a clue what an right. extra is or nothing. You right. feel me? Damn. I'm just like, yo, we got to meet Rakim. So we get there, and there's two big bodyguards at the door. And I told my man, let me handle this. And the guards was like, yo, what do y'all want? I was like, what do you mean what we want? We're the band. We're here for Eric B and Rakim. And the guy was like, over there, set up by the bar. Damn, right? Dope. So we go and we set up by the bar. And that entire day, Rakim was super late. Right? So the director had to basically do pickup shots, you feel me? So then he just brought all the girls out and <laughs> oh, was rolling. And so when you watch the video, every time he cut to me on upright bass, this is because Rakim ain't get there yet. So I'm in extra in the video. Nobody knows who I am. And I got like 12 shots in that video, man. I only say that because when we're talking about like music and how jazz has influenced Absolutely. the world. So so for me, we, you know, we always talk about the guitar and all of that, but a, a lot of my upbringing and, and fully understanding of, because they all string instruments, you know That's what right. I mean? That's so right. there was something about the upright 
um, which attracted me too, and it got me all the way to a to a Rakim video. <laughs> well, the, the irony, right? Thinking of a master plan, like for real. Thinking of a master plan, Man, Clef. There's this moment where you're walking down the street and you're white Clef, and people are figuring out that you're formidable enough in this world that you feel God has called you to. As you venture off into music, is it? You receiving criticism or even looking at it as such when people go, your style's a little different, or did you not ever hear that? But really in terms of the genesis of it, was moms and pops okay with you finding music? Yeah, that, that's crazy, man. You're taking me to a crazy place in my brain, you know, because, yo, you land in America, man, and everybody from the islands in Africa, they fully understand this. Three things you're going to be. Doctor, engineer, lawyer. Mm. Rapper is nowhere, nowhere in the equation. Near. You know what I mean? So you are not getting no support unless you come in, in with, with with all A's. You know what yeah. I mean? I remember having this speech with my dad because it's deep because my dad was a minister. And he wanted me to follow his trail, right? in theology, mm -hmm. right? So my dad named me, uh, John Wycliffe was a reformator from the 14th century. You know, he defied the priest in the sense of, you know, he felt like the way to God was through you, like meaning you as the individual. He didn't feel like you had to go through a pope to necessarily talk to God, you know what I mean? So he was he was a reformator, the same way like Martin Luther was, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So at the time, so I explained to my dad, I said, look, I said, you might not agree with what I'm doing, but I'm going to be a reformitator for my generation, you know? Mm. So we're going to take something that they think is so negative, and we're going to turn it into something positive. So we took the word refugees, and we swagged it, and we called it Fuji's, right? Mm. And at the time when we doing this movement, um, even at times our own community, which is hip-hop, you know? That's right. They was like, yo, this is not hip-hop, you know what I mean? Like, you're going to go through it like, yo... Rappers don't play instruments, you know? Where's the turntables, you That's know? It. Rappers don't sing, you know what I'm saying to you? Yo, this is not gangster enough. You need to put, right? But at the end of the day, um, I, I ignored that. The reason I ignored that, because when you from one project building, I'm from another project building, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Within these same project buildings, we got the same things, right? We That's got it. the fiends, we got the crack, we got the... So now, it just becomes two different authors telling a story two different ways. So I knew that there would be kids in the projects that would want to hear it mm -hmm. our way, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then there was kids that would want to hear it the Biggie way, right? Yep. But when the Fugees is performing with Biggie or when we sitting with Biggie and having a conversation, conversation it's the same conversation that we have mm. see what i mean well you f you figured out uh whatever you told pops you were going to be able to execute uh brought and then some <laughs> ellipses dot 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 ellipses and then some In terms of lauren being you know the lady of the group yeah um, is it is it far-fetched to say because you definitely helped a one omari hardwick in terms of my flow and finding the marriage of my poetry meets the the hip hop flow. Did you do the same thing for Lauren Hill, or did you, or do you feel like there was that raw thing already that you didn't want to touch, or what? No, I mean I'm a sensei to many, you know. Um, and Lauren, at a very young age, um, she was singing. Like so, if you look, you'll see her singing at the Apollo Theater. You know what I mean? Um, Lauren was not rhyming. Lauren was writing poetry. Lots of it, you know what I'm saying? Straight up writing poetry. And she, when she's doing her spoken word and she's doing it, um, I was like, okay, 
this is what we're going to do. I said, these are the two people you're going to start to listen to, right? So one was Queen Latifah and the other was MC Light, right? And I was like, look, the key to you rhyming now is going to be you got to rhyme better than a dude, right? Because I was like, for, 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 for them to hear you, right? Your tone can't be of so so high, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It can't mm-hmm. be high pitchy. So what we're going to work on, we're going to work on the tone. Like, because, you know, mm-hmm. like, so we used to practice these kind of exercises, you know what I mean? Get down on it. And then, so from there, then we would take the poetry. So like, if you hear blunted, at times I would have her do exercise with my rhymes, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then... I would write stuff, she would write, then I would have her go back to back to fully understand. And that was that was my training, you know what I mean? Like a Phil Jackson. But knowing like, oh man, this is like a young Kobe Bryant at the yeah. time, you know? Yeah. And um the same way, it's the, the same conversation I had with you because she had a very unorthodox cadence, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And it was fly. So I was like, let's put on the beat. It don't matter. Even when you go off, you still on, you know what I mean? Because um, if the beat playing, we throw a nickel in the air, even when it drop off, it's still on beat, you know what I mean? Sometimes I listen to song, Clef, and I want to call you at four in the morning and be like, shit, Jay-Z, fucking this is poetry. This nigga's doing mm-hmm. poetry. Yeah. You know, when you say that, what's deep to me, I remember being in the studio with Destiny Child, right? So Beyonce, Kelly, the whole gang. So after the Fugees blew up and I did the carnival, um, Sony had this group called Destiny Child. They was like, yo, Clef, um, you know, can you go in and, and, and do something? Um, and this is the time everything is lukewarm on the mm-hmm. charts, right? Um, and then when when I when I was with Beyonce and clearly she can remember this in the studio all I did was I gave them a bebop format the same format that I gave Lauren mm. now all I did was once again right we talk about cadence and different things my brain I was like yo in Texas they're rhyming double mm-hmm. time, right? Mm-hmm. Everything is going. So now if you go back and you listen to Destiny Child Remix, right? Hey, right? Then you'd be like, hold, hold up, hold up. That's the same trap cadence that's right oh, now, right? Wow. So for me, like at the end of the day, it's so important for people to understand, like, the power of improvisation, right? When they say it all goes back to jazz, even though it doesn't seem like that. Mm-hmm. And the reason why the idea of spoken word is it's loose. You know what I mean? Like, it's mm-hmm. going to come, it's going to fall. Mm-hmm. And a rhythm is going to touch you in a totally different way when it speaks to you. You know what I mean? So, for me, like I said, I always go back to, like, whether if it's, like, a Lauren... It could be a Beyonce. It could. I mean, you could even go all the way to Shakira. That the hips don't lie song. I ain't even write it for Shakira. I wrote it for Havana Nights, and I had Claudette Ortiz do it. Oh, uh, Claudette, yeah, man. Because I always feel like the females are like the goddess of the universe, right? Mm-hmm. So if they, if they can do something that we're doing, they're gonna do it way better once they get <laughs> the information. You know what yeah. I'm saying to you? In terms of working with Mary J's and Whitney's and Beyonce's and Shakira, as you spoke about prior, what were some of the things that you found beautiful about working with with women, and what were some of the things that you found interesting uh, about working with women? In the studio, I applied this method. So when I go in, 
I give you an example. Let's use Whitney Houston, right? One of the greatest ever. So now Clive Davis asks me, do I have something for Whitney Houston album? So I write a song called My Love's Your Love. My love is your love and your love is my love, right? And Clive calls me, Whitney loves the record. And now I'm I'm going crazy, right? Because I was like in the hood, like I believe the children of the future. Yeah, teach them well. You know, you know what I'm saying? So now I get in the studio. I'm in the studio with Whitney, right? Now, this is a part of the record that I've never talked about. On Whitney Houston record, what made it incredible? I was in the studio with Whitney. I was in the studio with Whitney's daughter. And I was in the studio with Bobby Brown, right? All three of them is on that record. Bobby Christina was on it too? That's right. She's the one saying, sing mommy. Right? So now this is important. Like when you're talking about the 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 the, the power of we, we talk about women. So Whitney starts to record My Love's Your Love. And I'm I'm in awe. You feel me? Yeah, of course. Because I'm hearing this thing come out. And now, two minutes in, um, I hear uh, if tomorrow's judgment day, then I'm standing on the front line. And it sounds to me, man, that Whitney Houston just hit a flat note. Now, dog, I'm from the <laughs> church. I was a choir director. You hit a flat note. I don't care who you are. Why Clef about to stop you. Mm. You understand? Mm. So now. Yeah, a must, right? You have to. But keep in mind, now I'm going to show you what happens with my theory of the women are always right, right? And this is why I never go against. I just ride the water with them, right? So I, I got to stop the tape. I'm like, Whitney, my love, <laughs> um, we got to go back on this tape. I think the note was flat. Dog, it got so silent that you can hear a pin drop, bro. You know what I mean? It was so silent, you could hear, like, secret squirrels talking. Like, yo. And seven seconds into it, she goes, Baby, I didn't hit a flat note. I just bent the note. (laughs) Yo, right? (laughs) When he said she did not hit a flat note, she bent the note, dog, right? She, She said, I bent the note. I go listen to the note, right? Whitney ear was so advanced, right? She pitched the note in a certain way, the same way B.B. King mm-hmm. would pull the string of the blues, the string, right? Yeah. And it would be off a little bit, but it's off for the pain. And then she slipped it back in the key. Damn. So, and then I played it back and she bent the note. I got chills. I just want you to open your ears up for a minute. They're always open, Clef, but just hear me. These days it's hard for we to find peace and mind between insanity and sanity. There lies a thin line. Some dwell in hotels and Jezebels of Stone Age and fall a victim to the plague. Mm-hmm. Unclean bad dreams of why Clef being a fiend. One last kiss from my sweet serpentine. Mm-hmm. I said one last kiss from my sweet serpentine. Eliminate, break, navigate to rejuvenate thoughts of suicide with my nickel plate. Reconciliation came from my enemy friend who said family don't bend. We stay silent to the end. Now who would think that your best friend would be your worst enemy? 
your enemy, your best friend. Stare into your air inspiration from the atmosphere. I think of old ghosts that ain't even here, like Alex Haley. Take notes on this biography. My family tree consists of street refugees, a ghetto land where we talk slang, stolen cars, bang, bang, like my chitty bang, bang, she bang for the heads. We ain't selling cocaine today, so we refrain. Let my family reign, okay? Uh, Clef? <laughs> That's deep. <laughs> Negro, what was wrong with you when you sat down and wrote that one, player? What was wrong man, with you, man? I think the same thing that's wrong with me right now. Now I'm the one. I know what you're thinking, me too. But in this game of numbers, <laughs> they could only be a few. I'm the Trinity. Now guess the riddle, kid. One man on two sticks. What's that? The crucifix. At least that's what they taught me in Sunday school. Forgive my foes. Fires pointed at Pinocchio's nose. Skip to six, go to seven. That's the number of completion. Adam ate the apple, so they cast him from the Garden of Eden. Mm. Jealousy got him waving his nine. Cain kills Abel. He a tin man now. His heart pumps oil. Two ones ain't enough to make it rain. Microphone check one, two. Hip-hop lives in my vein. I'm from the era dudes scrap with their hands. Play Friday the 13th. Get Cobra Clutch of body slams. But my nephews, they don't use their hands no more. It's M14s, M15s, guns, and roses at your sweet 16. And I was born on October 17. That's the day them niggas killed my leader, Jean-Jacques Dessalines. But my mama told me there's monsters under my bed. They 18. So think Malcolm X, the 19th hour by any means. 2020 vision, oh, they say the good die young. I had to trick death, that's how I made it past 21. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, feel me, oh? <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, <laughs> comrades, allies, or allies, whatever you want to call yourself, those who ain't got broken knees, get on them and pray <laughs> The guy, one of them, Clef John, just broke it down. Six degrees of separation, child. Ah, you got Clef! it. <laughs> Yo, what's wrong with you, man? Insane in the Same membrane. Same thing wrong with you. He's so gifted. <laughs> Yo, we didn't expect this, and we want y'all to know something. We here all day. This is episode one of Poetics, but you know what? Clef, man, he just set the bar. Where do we go from here? Poets, baby. You have a ton of us. 50, Jay, everybody, man, bunch of poets. Your pen is crazy, crazy. I think about the conversation you and I had about Barry Gordy and his brilliance of being somebody uh -huh. that was a supplier of such great voices, and all of a sudden you would have people not of the same races dancing and celebrating next to each other who might completely go opposite direction in a whole disdainful way had it not been for the music they were rocking out to minutes prior. What is that special thing about music that allows the world to be impacted in a different way? True unification of humanity, right? So the more they hit you, the more love you give back, right? The number one form of music right now is Afrobeats. Afrobeat analytically on that on YouTube is killing everything. As Drake, right? Think about that, right? Some young kids in Nigeria, right? We know the struggle in Nigeria. Some kids in Ghana. And the same way I made it over to the States, they made it over to the UK. Mm. And somehow this music has rose to the forefront, right? Because at the end of the day, no matter what we say, right? No matter what we be talking about, 
there's two forms of unification where we all meet. That's through sports and that's through music. Mm. That form of unity where the crowd wants to scream and everybody wants to feel like they belong to something. So I always tell people, every time you're writing something, write it like you're writing your last thing on earth mm. and you're in the middle of the stadium. Mm. And these are the last words that the world would say. Because mm. everyone wants to feel that unification. What are those moments that make you go, I've actually gotten big enough to make this musical thing so international. Do you still find that level of, I have to pinch myself sometimes and realize what this little Haitian boy has accomplished? I, I can't pinch myself because my dad always told me, and I said that, he says, when a man talks to you, Hold your head high. Look at him in the eyes. He says the only time you're supposed to drop your eyes down is if you have noticed when this man has passed away, you've seen with your own eyes that literally he rises from the dead. Mm. Then you and him, you're the same equal. So at the end of the day, this is how I treat every human being. And I tell everybody the reason why I have a steady career is, man, I just play respect. Mm -hmm. So the same respect you give me, mm -hmm. I give you the same respect back. And I do that my entire life with artists. I never, ever turn my back on the youth. It's like when a kid comes up to me, yo, man, my name is Justin Beaver, man, Why Clef Show. I'm a big fan of yours. Can I get a, a, a drop for my Facebook, man? Of course, sir. Let's do it now, right? And my relationship with Avicii, it starts like way before I knew he was Avicii. And, and that's the key to the success, man, honestly. It's so true. I know what you feel about a lot of the young artists. Who's next, Clef? Who's next, you know, in, term, in terms of who's the sleeper artist? I would love to know your thoughts on, on, on who's got it or is about to have it. What I'm looking at right now is there's a merge going on where you have um, the trap generation, and then you have an R&B generation coming up. Mm, it does. It seems like R&B is back. It's so true. The young kid, Black, right, who goes, like, spells it six lakh, and, and, and you got people like Future. Acoustic Trap, as you named it. I'm excited because it seems like there's a search. Even the girl we got now, Jazzy Amra, right? Crazy. So coming from the Bronx Crazy. and Crazy. being able to, you're like, man, who, is that a Leah in the booth? Is that SWV? you always going to have the flares. Like, you know, Thugger got Gunner. You're going to always have those kind of energies, you know what I'm saying, yep. which is incredible. Yep. But at the same time, I'm really excited at what I'm seeing with R&B. And R&B, dog, you know how important that is for our culture. Oh, man. I said it for years. A young Timmy came up to me and said he wanted to learn so much from me as an actor when he first joined the Set of Power. And obviously he's mm -hmm. one of the ones that aided me in coming into music. But I said to him, I said, pain is everything. You know, Hallmark cards only really work for Valentine's Day. Nobody wants a Hallmark card in life in terms of digesting it and finding relatability in it. Pain is everything. And, you know, Clef, you've done a great job of marrying pain to humor. Like, humor matters, man. Like... It's so important to not take yourself so serious, and that is a childhood thing in you, or is it something that you found where you just became a little bit more comfortable the older you got at, you know, these are my flaws, and I'm most comfortable with them? I'm just a goofball, man. Like, I'm that kid, like, in high school, like, we're going to crack jokes, we're going to be in the cafeteria, right? 
And I always made that oath to myself. I was like, yo, the day I can't walk down the street by myself, I'm doing something wrong. You feel me? I remember me and Shakira. I'm going to tell you something funny when we talk about humor. So me and Shakira, we working on Hipstone Live. And I was like, yo, you hungry? She was like, yeah. I said, yo, let's just run to Mickey D's real quick, right? And we went and sat, like, outside of Mickey D's. And Shakira, you know, she never really wears, like, shoes or nothing. You right, know what I mean? Right, so she's right, barefooted, chilling. Yeah, yeah. People are passing left and right. I said, you see, Shaki? I said, in their minds, right, they like, yo, ain't no way in hell why Clef Jean and Shakira going to be barefooted in front of some McDonald's eating some, like, you know, burger or some fries, right? And it was so crazy because when we got in the car and we headed back, then on the radio, there was like, yo, Juan Clef and Shakira was just spotted at McDonald's. You know what I'm saying to you? But once again, it's like you should not be able to take yourself seriously. When people be talking about, I'm a star, you're not a star. Do you know if a star was to actually touch you you would be you know how quick your body would (laughs) would disintegrate it would be done yeah so at the end of the day we're all our humans we're on earth we're trying to find our way so i think for me one of the illest people that i know because even though i'm in the industry oh i'm outside of the industry yeah you are one of the most disastrous moments i had was when i seen my country haiti go under the rubble 250,000 people go underground, right? And when I tell you I felt like somebody ripped my heart out of my stomach and my phone goes off, when my phone goes off, I hear this. It's gonna be all right. I'm like, who this? man it's will smith baby just letting you know everything's gonna be all right you know Mm. when i tell you that picked Mm. up my day that little bit of humor gave me the energy to say fuck that i'm gonna go run and become the president of my country because i can't see this happening so i think that this is where it's at like when pain meets humor you know what i'm saying to you and i always say like pick up the phone Make somebody laugh every day, man. You'll be, you'll be, you'll feel so much better with yourself. I think a song that that explains the pain is like the song "If I Was President." Like just the idea of like the immigrant talk, you know, like within these Americas, we all are, you know, and always will be. So why separate us, you know? Because geographically, when you look at it from satellite point of view, Puerto Rico is really real close to Haiti if you look at it, right? So then, Absolutely. So, so what makes you decide, um, you know, what's part of America and then what's not part of America? You see what I'm saying to you? To the point of refugees, right? We talked about it. Like, That's aren't we right. all that? What are, the, right. what are the borders? What are the walls for? What is, what is the decimation of them mean? What does it mean that America has become in terms of they need to leave, but the person saying that is equally a refugee here? I'm going to tell you what's funny about that. I'm at the Garden, Drake concert, 18,000 people. Drake's about to get off stage, right? And Drake is not really that political, you know what I'm saying to you? Like, Drake, you do Drake. He kills it all the time. But Drake goes, look, man, there's like 18,000 people here at the Garden, and one bad thing happened. Right. So 
to his point, I'm traveling the whole America. This idea of people saying leave this, the, yeah. the percentage is so low. Like these United States of America is built off the immigrant story, That's you know? It. And I think that sometimes the media feeds into the negative so much, right? So we can't let one person decide a fate of where the future is going. Mm -hmm. And then we start to sound like that person. Because if we start to believe that we're in a situation where everything is, 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 is black and white, mm -hmm. then we're playing into that narrative. It's only 40 years ago, bro, they stopped sicking the dogs. That's it. Right? So that's not a long time. So in that sense, I feel like we move forward as a nation. Do we need improvement? Of course. You of know, course. the of idea of are there sections in the U.S. where it's still like that? Yes. But the, the majority of we, these United States of America, mm -hmm. man, this is still the greatest country on earth, period. Like you said... It is third-party hate often and people that have not marched and so your eyes, Facts. literally the optics, have not seen that it was a minute ago that the dogs were being sicked on grandparents or ancestors alike. Facts. I definitely have always thanked God for music and what music mm -hmm. um, can do for the evolution. I like to call these, these episodes simply conversations, and I don't think we could start out with a better guest than a... The Wyclef Jean, who your father perfectly named you. We rock out, man. Nothing but love. I wrote something to I thank you for sharing every bit of you with the world the way you have, man. I really, I really mean it. Seven forty-seven. Three more ticks to the fifty. Zero degrees separate it when you walk in the door with a 50, waving a 4-4 like you a biggie. Same friends I had at 44 still with me. 7:47, three hours and 24 minutes till 11, 11. I'm wishing I can give some free power and let them know they got plenty more living before they reach heaven. 7:47, gotta teach the poor what it means to be a blessing. Little souls taking their own before they reach 11. Too many sticks and stones. Who knows what he could have been without the broken home and his girl cutting into her skin. Cause now she all alone. Life be that way. The long dial tone. If just one operator can get on. The tower's long gone. Digital underground zero all around the world. Same song. 747 Fahrenheit. 911. We blown. Too many drones. They trying to build 747 walls to separate our bones. Lab rat in our own till we all die with a clone to live out the rest of all this shit we don't even own. I'm just trying to get on. Smoking poems, hoping for that zone. Going to November with cleft type of gone. 747. Shit, I'm stoned. If you like what you've heard, check out Wyclef Jean's new album, Wyclef Goes Back to School, available now on all streaming services. Poetics is presented by Luminary Media, created and executive produced by Omari Hardwick, Alex Nagel, Elliot O'Day, and Des Ryan Stewart. Series producers are Dorothy Abrams and Miles Hodges. Episodes are researched and written by Alex Nagel and Elliot O'Day. Poetics is hosted by Omari Hardwick, with additional narration from Dorothy Abrams and Des Ryan Stewart. The show is edited by Dorothy Abrams and Elliot O'Day. Production support from Sam Conway and Griffin Stewart. Poetics is recorded in New York City at Dubway Studios. The series is mixed and mastered by Des Ryan Stewart. 
Stewart and Rick Van Benchoten. Theme music for Poetics was written and recorded by Trace Gray. Additional score music from Trace Gray and Extreme Music Catalog. Music management services provided by Maddie Nelson of Heads Music with booking and press support from Jennifer Williams of J Sharp PR Agency. Poetics is a production of Luminary Media and ODEA Inc. All rights reserved. If you're enjoying what you're hearing, join us over on Luminary. We can hear more great episodes. Visit luminary.link slash black voices. That's luminary.link slash black voices.